Now I'm going to spend a little time with you on these uh, initial series scriptures, and once you get these deep, deep, deep into your spirit, the faith comes by hearing. Yeah. Amen. And so we want to find out about what God is interested in doing in our lives, not from the media and not from religion, not from pundits and not from people who are backslidden or other world religious leaders. We want to find out what God says about His intent in our lives based on His Word. And in Ephesians uh, chapter 3, looking at verse 20 and 21, Scripture says, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more, then all we ask or imagine according to His power, that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I'm announcing to you today that this is the year of the exceedingly abundantly. Because that's what Scripture says He's able to do. In the J.B. Phillips translation, it says, Now to Him who by His power within us is able to do far more than we ever dare to ask, or imagine. You see, the problem is not in God's ability or His will. The problem is in the asking. It's in the ability to conceive that God can do this. And so you look at this carefully, you find out that if I can imagine something outstanding, God can surpass it. No matter how big you can think or how big you can imagine, your God can go beyond that. So when you read scriptures like this, you find out that God is the God of the more, and He's not the one holding out on us. There are a lot of influences come our way that try to diminish our confidence that He's the God of the more. But His Scripture is plain. I want you to shout this out. My God, My God is, able is able to do, to do exceedingly, exceedingly, abundantly, abundantly beyond all beyond that I ask, I ask think, think, or imagine, or imagine according, to his power according to His power that's already working, that's already working in me. I think about what you just quoted there. The power is already in you. Therefore, the limitation is in the thinking and the imagination, not in the will of God and not even in the release of His power to make this true. Listen to His heart in Psalm 115. I want to read this to you from uh, translation in King, King James today. 115 verse 12. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. I like to say it like this. I like to put my own name in that list of houses. He'll bless your house. What? If you fear Him, which means if you esteem, love, honor Him enough to actually do what He says, He'll increase you more and more. Say it, more and more. Say it again. Say more and more. Why is this scripture important? Because he doesn't say that he's just going to do this for certain people. Yes, the house of Israel. Yes, the house of Aaron. But your house. Hallelujah. It would be okay if the Kruger house was blessed more and more. How about the Anna house today blessed more and more? How about your house? Well, you know, I don't know about that. That's the problem. You don't know. When you get lined up with what God said in His Word, and you're honoring what His Word says, and you can see also the God of the more show up in your house. You would think that if, for example, the Jews expanded to what God promised Abraham, like the stars in the sky, and does anybody know how many stars there are out there in our galaxy alone? Just one galaxy. Apparently, that was fulfilled by the time Deuteronomy 1 was recorded. And it says in chapter 1, verse 10, The Lord your God hath multiplied you, and behold, ye are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. Sounds to me that God's a God that makes a promise and keeps it. Makes a promise to Father Abraham and then fulfills it by the time of Moses. Now watch this. He goes on to say, The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as you are and bless you as he hath promised you. Another God is saying, I've already done the stars of the sky thing. Now I want a thousand times that of your people. In other words, God is more minded. God is increased minded. 
Where do we get the idea he wouldn't? All kinds of false you know, doctrines and ideas and concepts and thoughts of men. But what you do when you go to the Word of God, you see a God who wants to do more in 2024. Come on, confess it. My God is doing more in 2024. He's the God of more. Your expectation should be this year far more than ever before to increase in every single area of your life. And by that, I don't mean increase in sin. Can I have an amen? amen. Increase in stupidity. Don't mean that. Amen. I mean, increasing on what God says in His Word, we can have, tap, and have access to as His children of, of, as the children of God. You know, that includes some very powerful spiritual things as well as natural things. God's not holding out on His people. He's not the God of the same. He's not the God of the less. He is not the God of I can't. He's not the God of I don't. He's not the God of I won't. He's got, the, I love this one, he's not the God of you never know what I'll do. He's not the God of I used to be. He is I am. He is the God of the more. Come on, I want you to close your eyes and lift a hand to heaven and shout it out. My God is the God of the more. Say it again. My God is the God of the more. Hallelujah. Say, so what does that include? Well, anything is included that would pertain to things like the blessing of God, where there is supernatural empowerment, longevity, increase, fruitfulness, to excel, to succeed in more of each area. Whatever is covered there, you can expect to increase in a year like this. And that's why you can't pay any attention to the world out there. And that's why you can't pay attention to your carnal mind. You've got to find out what did God say and align yourself with what he said if you want to see this happen in your life. We were having staff meeting and I was introducing some of these principles the other day and, and Bryce brought this scripture up from David's interaction with Nathan and you know that David made some bad decisions, didn't he, church? Did a lot of great things, but you know he decided he also wanted Bathsheba and took her and slept with her and conceived a child and conspired to have her husband murdered on the battlefield, which in fact he did do. And Nathan the prophet showed up and put his finger in his face and told him a story about a man who had everything and a man who had little to nothing. And the man with everything took away what the one man had that was so little. And David was furious at this story, didn't have a clue he was talking about him. And then Nathan looked at him and said, what? You are the man. Now listen to this principle because it really encapsulates the entire concept of what God is trying to say to us as a people in these last days. This is God speaking through Nathan to the man of God who just made a horrendous mistake. I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all of Israel and Judah and if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down your Uriah the Hittite with a sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now therefore the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. What is he saying here? God does not have a problem with you having more. He has a problem with you trying to make it happen yourself. Crossing lines, blurring lines, compromising. God does not need your help to bring the more in your life. And when you do, you try to get involved in that thing, you cross lines, compromise, break principles, break laws, and you end up like this. But look at the, the intent of this scripture. Hey, I gave you all this and I would have given you more had you come to me. Instead of putting your beady eyes on what you wanted and use your flesh instead. You see, God has a history with his people and it's documented throughout the word of God. 
The God of the more will do more in 2024, but make sure you're pursuing the, the more by pursuing the God of the more first and foremost. Listen to this. There's a place that God made for the enjoyment and the benefit of the people he was going to create, the Garden of Eden, and it was perfect. Perfect climate, perfect temperature. It was so perfect that unlike couples who fight over the thermostat, they were both perfectly fine with the thermostat <laughs> in Eden. There was no strife there. <laughs> there was no lack there. There was perfect everything. No war, no famine, no disease, nothing. In other words, it was not only enough for them, it was too much. The Garden of Eden was far more than any two people or even millions and millions of people needed. That's the mindset of your God. But then sin came. If you haven't figured it out yet, sin will take away your more. I said sin will take away your more. Then they find themselves in bondage in Egypt for 400 years. And where they were in this land originally of too much, now they're in the land of not enough. They can't even get straw from the Egyptians to make the bricks, to build up their, you know, great edifices and all the things architecturally they wanted to do. For 400 years, they're in the land of not enough. And they're delivered supernaturally at the hand of God through Moses, and they're wandering around, and now they have enough manna for what? For that day, they're in a land of just enough. Well, I'll tell you this, land of just enough is a lot better than the land of not enough. But it's far cry from too much. So they're in the wilderness and land of just enough. And God had promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. He was telling them there's a land of more than enough. And that's where they were going. And every person who is a child of God should at the very least expect to see more than enough. Not just what you need, but how God can be a conduit and a blessing through you to other people. We went from too much to not enough to just enough to more than enough. But God's dream is to restore the blessing in your life in such a way that you go back to pre-fall to pre-sin days of too much. Say it. He's the God of the more. Say it again. He's the God of the more. Now I don't know about you. I'm not going to stay around in the wilderness and I'm not going to stay around under the bondage of the Egyptians. I'm going to stay in the land of just enough. And I'm not even going to stay in the land of more than enough. I'm going to go to the land of too much. On the heels of what? The empowerment of God in our lives. Say it again. Say faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, just to, to expand a little bit on what uh, you know, Kelly was talking about. In a, in a church, there are all kinds of people at different levels of faith on different concepts and spiritual principles. There's a great diversity even in our church in terms of what people understand and walk in. Now, when it comes to a person who is giving, there are people in the body of Christ who, who just don't give anything. That's just, that's just where they are. Their thought is, you know, they don't give thought to anything. Mom and dad's pastor in Phoenix they had 5,000 people in that church he got up one day and he said, there's 5,000 people in this church. 3,000 of you don't give anything. And here's what he said. He said, you know, you would think that a donut and a flush of the toilet would be worth a $5 bill occasionally. <laughs> you know, way of communicating. <laughs> this is the same guy who was teaching on service in the church. And when people walked in the door that day, they got a little bitty Ziploc bag. I like that. You've seen those. They use those for, for pills and stuff like that. And in that little bag was a raisinette and a lifesaver. And when he got done with the message, he goes, now that I've talked about service, you can get out there and you can either be a lifesaver or you can be a turd. It's up to you. <laughs> Look at some might say, don't be a turd. <laughs> I'm thinking about the parents who give that little thing to the kids. Here, you eat this. I'm not touching this. 
that there are people who don't give anything. There are people who, who give a token because that's where their faith, that's where their understanding is. They'll throw in something here and there, whatever the case may be. Then there are people that grow up to understand a revelation of the tithe and they start to operate in the abundance and the overflow because it's something they grabbed onto. God's not trying to take something from you. He's trying to actually help you. He's trying to propel you into a life of more. And so what you do is you get excited about this. So not even begrudgingly, you, you're excited to tithe because you understand it's about honor and it's God's methodology for increase in your life. But what this young Jew was talking about when his rabbi visited him, he, he actually had lost everything. And when the rabbi went back to see him, that rabbi didn't see a big mahogany table and desk and beautiful furniture because his business was bankrupt. He saw a plastic table. And that's where he was working. And he said his face turned white. He just, uh, he couldn't believe the condition. And so the, the year before the rabbi came to him, he said, well, uh, I want you to believe God for $18,000, which would have been a tithe of $180,000, which would have been consistent, I think, with where he was at. So he saw the condition of this man, and the rabbi looked at him and said, uh, I think you should do $36,000 this year, which is the tithe on what? <laughs> Boy, y'all are fast. Amen. <laughs> What's the title on a million? Where's my math instructors at? We need you now. And he was shocked. He said, I looked at the rabbi and I, there, I was there. He was there. It's like I went into a trance and it was just God and me. He's like, how in the world can I do this? I'm working at a plastic table. But he came out of it. He snapped to it and he looked at that man of God and he said, that's exactly what I will do. You know what happened? His business exploded. Now he owns five businesses. In other words, there are the people down here that don't care, don't give anything. They're just basically takers. And there are people that are at a place where they give, you know, an offering here and there. There are people that are level of the tithe because they've got some revelation. What God's trying to say to you, there's an even higher level to go to because the God of the more if you go before him and he impresses upon you to believe for a certain number, he is the one responsible for bringing you to that income level, not you. Amen. 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 Are you here today? He's the God of the more. But it's all about first pursuing him. Say him. It's about following his principles. It's walking by faith throughout this and not relying on your flesh. You can't do it on your own. But the thing is, you don't have to do it on your own. Well, then how in the world is God doing this? What, what transactional ability or what kind of you know, entity or what kind of substance is God using to cause me to be able to do what that Jewish young man did? It's called faith as a currency. You give him the faith and watch him do this. And I will tell you this, and it's not just about this issue of, of finances. You'll find out that God wants to do the more in every category of your life. But you will find there is a thread that runs through honor and faith and obedience. And somebody, how many of you love to, to operate in more of the anointing in your life than ever before, where you sense it in you and through you, the people around you are getting healed and delivered and set free? The Bible tells us in Luke 16, if God can't trust you with Money or little riches, see, he can't trust you with much. He can't trust you with true riches. And you'd be amazed how many people, even would-be people who want to be in the ministry, want to preach the word, they get stuck here. And here's the kicker. You, you can withdraw from a ministry because they teach you these things, but it won't change the, the truth. All you did was do this, like the Pharisees did the day that Stephen was stoned. Yang, 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 yang. This is not a pathway to more. Say, my God is the God of the more. And he's still doing it. Raise your hand if you believe he's still doing it. He has much in store for you. It's been many years in getting to this place where God could promote you as families, as individuals, and as a church. And I'm telling you prophetically today on this first Sunday of this year, you're about to see 
several notches up in your life. You're going up in Jesus' name. You're not going sideways and you're not going back in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Say, this is my year. The year of the more. Now, God is always wanting to do more. He's not the issue. Unfortunately, often his people will limit him. Listen to what it says in Psalm 78. This is verse 42 from the NIV. Again and again they put God to the test. They vexed the Holy One of Israel. How many know that sounds vexing? How many know you don't want to vex God? Well, what exactly does that mean, that translation? Listen to it from the classic Amplified. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. That's the King James. The Amplified is they distressed the Holy One of Israel. Why? By limiting Him. Again and again, the Good News Translation says, they put God to the test and brought pain to the Holy God of Israel. When we limit Him, we actually cause Him distress and pain. I don't know about you, but one thing I don't want to do is cause my God distress and pain. The question is, how did they limit him? Well, first of all, they limited him with their thinking, their unscriptural thinking and thoughts. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As man thinks in his heart, so is he. There's a man named James Allen who was um, born into poverty in, in England. And uh, when he was about 15, his dad decided, if I'm going to get ahead, this family's going to get ahead, I'm going to have to immigrate. He came over to the country looking for work. And shortly after he arrived, he was killed. Now, a 15-year-old boy on the other side of the ocean is responsible for his whole family. So he began to work, work, work. And somewhere along the line, he has a spiritual transformation. And in 1903, he actually writes a little book called As a Man Thinketh. God showed him that the limitations on my life are based on my thought processes and not somebody else's will or circumstances. He basically had an understanding that my thoughts will produce my character and my thoughts will produce my circumstances. He had a revelation of how powerful the thought life was. Either way, it can do evil or it can do good. He ended up writing over 20 books and doing very well in every category of his life because he discovered there is a God of the more and he very much wants to help us, but we can't get there with unscriptural thinking. Amen. Say it with me, my character, my circumstances are not by accident. There's not a person in this room today that, that you cannot change your character, your circumstances if you'll change your thoughts. It's your responsibility to recognize unscriptural thoughts and do what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down vain imaginations and every thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, above the word of God, it contradicts the word, you should cast it down. We limit him. We say he can do this, but he can't do that. You in reality, Alan said, are the master of your thoughts, the master of your character, the maker of conditions and environment and destiny. In other words, change your thoughts and you'll change your life. See, when you say to yourself, well, I can give a $10 bill, but I can't afford to be a tither. Well, what you're doing is saying your thoughts are more powerful than God. Instead of saying, I can't, start saying, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Start declaring the word of God over your life. Start thinking the thoughts of God. Isaiah 55 says, let the wicked man forsake his thoughts. What do you do? Replace them with God's thoughts. Wherever your thought contradicts God, that's a wicked or a twisted thought. There's no way for us to enjoy the more that God has for us if we won't change our thinking. And look at somebody and tell them, some people... In this room, have a diagnosis. It's called stinking thinking. And the only treatment for it is to put aside that thinking and start thinking what God says in His Word. They limited the Holy One of Israel with their thoughts. We see this played out when Moses commissioned 12 spies to go into the land. Oh, they all came back. 
They saw the land flow with milk and honey. They saw the big clusters of grapes. They saw all the amazing possibilities of the natural. But instead, the ten came back with an evil report of unbelief. They thought about the giants. They thought about the walled cities. They thought about the opposition. They didn't think about the more. They thought about every reason why they couldn't have it. You say, well, that's no big deal. They were just a little bit negative. No, it spread throughout the camp. And they all ended up not going in. You see, what begins to happen is it affects your destiny when your thoughts are wrong. Listen, in any category of life, anything that pertains to you from a scriptural perspective, do not allow yourself to think that can't happen for me. Yes, it can in Jesus' name. Regardless of what that is, he's the God of the more. Come on, say, he's my God. And he's the God of the more. In 2024, they limited God with their thinking. But number two, they also limited God with their words. In Psalm 78, verse 18, they willingly put God to the test by demanding the food they crave. They spoke against God, saying, God, can God spread a, a, a table in the desert? When he struck the rock, water gushed out and streams flowed abundantly. But can he also give us food? Can he supply meat for his people? Listen, talking contrary to the word of God and the heritage of God and the history of God is not going to cause more in your life. It'll cause less in your life. Psalm 106, verse 33. For they rebelled against the Spirit of God and rash words came from Moses' lips. That was it. Ship his saddle home. Eventually the people got to him. Are you here today? Turn to somebody and tell them, don't let people get to you. You are at the apex of God's creative ability. You as a human being alone have the ability to choose, fashion, form, and speak your words at will. Don't limit God with your words. Don't say, can God. Say, God can. Don't argue with what he said. Just agree with what he said. You know and I know that the power of life and death is in the tongue. A lot of us use it to destroy our lives. When God is telling you, tap into the more with the creative force of your time. You see, we're never going to outgrow that principle. When God created you, he created you to be a speaking spirit like God. The difference is he knows how to use his words. And as people to this day, even born again people, even people taught this sometimes, don't have a revelation that they get to choose, amen, on purpose what they say. Amen. Now, there could have been like Caleb. He said, the Bible says he stilled the people, told them to shut up. He said, we can take the mountain. We will do this. See the difference? Well, what ended up happening was those folks and those that ran with them were gone. They weren't around when it came time to take the mountain. You know what Caleb's confession was 40 years later? I'm going to go take my mountain. That's the difference. It's unscriptural thinking, and it's, it's talk or speech that contradicts the Word of God. That's how you limit God. And a lot of this doesn't go on between people. It goes on within your head. Amen. Kelly's absolutely right. A child growing up in a Jewish home is taught, you will work hard, you will tithe, and you will succeed. You know what we're taught in America? Well, work is relative. You know, tithe is under the law. And you know what? If God wants you to succeed, you might have a measure of success. It's all in the mindset and the confession. Do you know that there is $5 billion worth of bullion that the Nazis stole from the Germans throughout Austria, Germany, and parts of Poland, and they can't find it to this day? Why did they target the Jews? Well, first of all, spiritual hatred. But everywhere they went, they saw the lavish prosperity of the Jewish people. And you know what? Thousands of years, nothing has changed. You say, well, why isn't it working for me? Get your thoughts right and get your mouth right. Stop referencing what happened last year. Stop talking about going under. Stop talking about how terrible it was and start talking about what your God and the God of the more is going to do for you. Amen. Say it with me. I will work hard. I will tithe. And I will succeed. Come on, shout it out. I will work hard. 
I will tithe and I will succeed. They're teaching their kids prosperity, abundance, and success based on the book of the law, based on the principle God gave to Joshua in our Sunday school classes in America for decades. We teach them that, you know, God doesn't care about stuff like that. Just get saved and get ready for heaven and go one day. In other words, generations of Christians have been suppressed and lied to because they've been taught to think and say the wrong thing about God's will to increase and give them more. We're not doing it here. Your little darlings over there aren't going to be taught to disbelieve God. Your youth aren't going to be taught that they're going to have to struggle and horrible things are going to happen and God's never going to come through for them. No, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he ever was the God of the more, he's the God of the more today. And he's not just the God of the more for them, he's the God of the more for you. Say, why Juliana? Of course, for Juliana and for uh, Andrew, Pop Pop's her favorite. Just for the record, I got to get that out there. <laughs> Pop Pop is the favorite. <laughs> Pop Pop is the buddy. <laughs> There's a reason why they're going to pass all of us up in terms of the more. They've never known anything but what God will do. In other words, they don't have to unlearn all this religious garbage and fight all this stuff. And the airwaves in Christian churches are still filled with it to this day. No, Tim was taught a certain way. Tim and Sarah are teaching Andrew and teaching Juliana that. And that's what they'll walk in. Say, well, that's it, Pastor. You know, I, when I was a kid, you wouldn't believe what I was taught. Yeah, I have a handle on some of it. One of our first converts over in the Trey County Church that we planted over there was a man who was part of the KKK. And this man was taught to hate. And the way his dad taught him to hate was to beat him to the pulp, almost killing him several times. Marked him for life as a, as a racist. And uh, Sarah's mom was doing home health care and ran into him. And he had all kinds of health issues. I think he had some diabetes problems and some wound issues. And just started talking to him about the things of God. This hardened guy, spent his life as an enforcer for the KKK, eventually gives his life to Jesus Christ. He gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. Don't you ever give up on people. I said, don't you ever give up on people. This is the year of the more, amen? More salvations, more deliverances. <laughs> and so in response to him becoming right with God, his so-called brothers beat him within an inch of his life. Now this man raised up to be a racist and a hater as in Vanderbilt. And guess who God gives him as a charge nurse? A black charge nurse. <laughs> Look at somebody and tell them God knows how to fix your wagon. <laughs> Come on, say it, the God of the more. And he looked at her one day with tears coming from his face. He said, I apologize to you and everyone in your, for your community for the things that I did out of, out of hatred and ignorance. And he said, would you forgive me? And that black nurse said, I forgive you in Jesus' name. Now, he went on to be with the Lord, but he went to the right place. He went to a place of glory. And I'm just telling you today that it doesn't matter how it all started for you. Start thinking the thoughts of God. Start speaking the thoughts of God. If God can radically change that man's life, he can change your life today. You know what a stronghold is? It is a thought that you have entertained so long that it's like concrete in your spirit and it is strong and it's affecting everything that you're doing. You know what you can do? You can knock those over and build new strongholds. Not that God is my problem, but God is my solution. Amen. Not that I'll always be in poverty, but I'll live in abundance. I'll always be the sick one. No, but I'll always be the well one in Jesus' name. I don't have a purpose or a destiny. I do have a purpose and a destiny. Nothing ever works out for me. Everything always works out for me in Jesus' name. I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. I am the right side of the tracks in Jesus' name. Amen. They limited God with their words as well as their thoughts, and they limited God with their behavior. Unscriptural actions. 
Those 10 went around polluting the entire community with their mouth. When push came to shove and it was time to go in, they wouldn't do it. Their thoughts affected their mouth and their mouth affected their behavior and nothing has changed. It's the same way for you and me today. Say, my thoughts will affect my words and my words will impact my behavior. And they wouldn't go in. Limited thinking produces limited speaking and limited acting and therefore the more is compromised. The God of the more moves when in the direction of His will and word. We are right in our thinking and right in our speaking and right in our actions. Multitudes of believers limit God by not doing what He said to do. And when that generation was judged and they were knocked off the face of the earth, then the people came back and said, oh, well, we'll gladly go in. And they were warned. Don't go in now because you don't have the command. You don't have the blessing. And they did. And they faced the consequences of their failure. Amen. To what? To think right. Say it. I'm going to think right. Tell them. I'm going to think right. I'm going to speak right. And I'm going to do right. More in 2024 in every area of life is going to depend on the conscious decision to not limit God with your thoughts, your words, or your actions. Say it. My thoughts my words, my actions. And listen, I, unfortunately, you're not going to get by this year with just a Sunday morning message from me. You're going to have to get in that book for yourself to find out what God has more for you this year. Think of me as just a catalyst. Wrong word. Think of me as a cattle prod. <laughs> you're going into land no more if I have to poke you. Get along, little doggy. Give me a cowboy hat and boots, amen. Give me a horse and a cattle brought. And I'm going to brand you too, for that matter. Blessed. You know what? You've already been branded. The blood of Jesus hit your heart and it already says, blessed, healed, delivered, saved, amen, prosperous. Yes, he has. What I want more of, I have to think, I have to speak, I have to act consistent with the Word of God. What's going to happen is my character, my circumstances are going to conform to what I think, what I say, and what I do. doesn't have a choice. Now, I'll give you some parameters here before we leave to, to help you navigate this, because this really is the kickoff message for this. We're going to investigate everything I believe God wants you to have more of this year. But... Uh, to, to understand, you know, a, a certain principle and to understand how, how our circumstances and our, our character, our lives go in the direction of our dominant thinking and our words and the, and the things we ultimately do, that, this qualifies everybody. Everybody in this room can live this way because you're a human being, born again, walking with God. The more is without question his will. What will you do with it? Said, I'm going to flow with it. Tell somebody, I'm flowing with it. Said, I am flowing with it. In Jesus' name. Now, here's how things work and have worked in the body of Christ for thousands of years. Um, the early church had great revelation on the new birth and growing revelation about things like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the church, you know, entered into dark periods for lack of understanding and revelation. There is no new revelation in that book. There's just new revelation to you and to me. It's always been there. I'll give you an example of the fallacy that, that your modern teachers out there do, and you got to be careful not listening to that nonsense. Just an example here. Last week I taught about the fact that he's coming back. Yes. Say, he's coming back for me. Back. Believe what you want to about the timing, but understand this. So somebody will get up there and they'll say, well, you know, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, the words catching away are in the Bible. 
Well, that wasn't even made a doctrine until the 1800s. Understand what I am saying. Justification by faith has always been in the Bible. But God gave a revelation to Martin Luther. Not in penance and not in purgatory and not in, you know, basically trying to pay your way out of trouble, work your way into heaven, but believe. Listen to what I'm saying. That was always in the church. Paul had that revelation in the first century. It didn't come to us till hundreds of years later. So Martin Luther did not create a doctrine of justification by faith. He had a revelation of a doctrine that's already there. Same thing with the rapture. Give it a name. It doesn't make any difference. We're talking about the experience of catching away his church. What happened in the 1800s was somebody had a revelation of something that is already there. And you know what time we're living in church? We're living in a day when more of this revelation is going to pop out on the people of God, not making new doctrine, but understanding what is already there. And what is already there is your God is a God of the more and always has been. You have to get that yourself. So I just laugh when I hear people say, well, that thing, well, this wasn't done until such and such year. That just means that God finally gave revelation to somebody and the church reclaimed it for itself. They were baptized in the Holy Ghost in the first century. You know the story. They were in the upper room and the Holy Spirit fell on them. And they all what? They all were baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance and the people immediately began to judge them. Well, they're just drunk. And Peter said, you idiots, <laughs> paraphrased by Pastor Art, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. We're drunk, but on new wine. Yes. Now you would think that that and Acts chapter 10 and Paul's experience and Acts chapter 8 and 9 and Acts chapter 19 for the Ephesians, you think this would be a, a practice and a doctrine that nobody would ever lose. Listen carefully. It wasn't until 1911 as some little woman in Topeka, Kansas. Don't ever underestimate an old grandma from Topeka, Kansas. Don't ever, uh, don't ever underestimate a, a grandma pressed in. What had been silent for hundreds of years came back with a rush. Topeka, Azusa Street, around the world. And when I was in seminary, if I say seminary, cemetery, seminary, There was a gentleman who came from Brazil representing just the Assemblies of God, spirit-filled Pentecostal believers. This is back in 1989. There were 15 million Brazilian Pentecostals in the Assemblies of God alone. That's just one nation. Listen to what I'm saying. This little woman did not create a new doctrine. She had revelation of what has always been there. And the God of the more has always been there. And my job is to make sure something doesn't rob you of what God is trying to reveal in these last days or shame you or stop you in these last days. Look at somebody and say, it's not a new revelation. It just becomes new to us. You know what I see? I don't see it as a bad thing. I see that as an exciting thing. I'm telling you that Revelation is about to explode in the church in these last days. We're already seeing so much, but we're just scratching the surface. And it won't be new doctrine. It'll be new people discovering old doctrine. Amen? So I want you to write these down because I want you to, to be encouraged and motivated this year. Say it. My God is the God of the more, not the less. And he's for me too, aren't you? <laughs> As we head into the year of the more, avoid these limiting factors, okay? Write them down. Don't let the opinions of others rob you of the more. They're judging you because you're pursuing the more. Just let it go in one ear and out the other. Some of you are good at that. 
Your parents can attest to that. You're good at that. Don't let the opinions of others rob you of the more. Well, we just don't believe in that stuff. We just don't think that's of God. Believe what you want to, but I'm going to believe in the God of the more. That's got to be your mindset. Love people. Don't get into a war. Don't get into doctrinal fights and fits. Don't get into, you know, strife over things. And simply say to yourself, I am going to believe what God said. Number two, don't let your present circumstances rob you of the more. Your present circumstances have nothing to do with your future standing. Nothing. We change your thinking, change your words, and change your behavior. It won't matter what your circumstances are. Believe like John Osteen used to say, this didn't come to stay, it came to pass. Say it, it came to pass. Do not let your present circumstances rob you of the more. Number three, don't let your past experiences, uh, don't let your circumstances or your experiences rob you of the more. In other words, you may have had failures. Businesses didn't go, something didn't work out. That's okay. Just like that Jewish man, the God of the more showing up can turn that thing around. There's nothing so bad that God can't turn that around. I hear that in my spirit. There are ideas and concepts and people have different various ideas about business and investment. God is telling you to reach out in faith and do what God wants you to do. Well, I already failed at that. Don't let that stop you this year. You just figured out a way it won't work. But there is a way that it will work for you. Glory to God. Say it, I refuse. Let the opinions of others or circumstances or experiences rob me. Well, my experience is, well, we don't care. We're going with the word. Number four, don't let your flesh rob you of the more. Preferring to pursue things outside of God, that won't work. Serving your flesh instead of serving him. No. Don't let your flesh rob you. It'll try. Number five, don't let your impatience rob you of the more. You retain the word and you hold on to it. You think right today and you think right next month. You think right next year. You talk right every single day of this year. Amen. You move in the direction of God's will for your life. And know this, that it's okay if you're waiting on God. Amen. It means he's doing something. Do you believe that today? He is doing something. Number six, don't let your fears rob you of the more. Stretch out in faith. God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you're going out on his command because you've been thinking right and talking right, he's going to bless the work of your hands. Look at your hands and say, these hands are blessed hands. Everything I put my hands to prosper. Doesn't make any difference if the devil tells you it won't work and thousands of people say the same thing. Say it with me. I've been thinking right, talking right, acting right. If God anoints this, amen, it's going to work. Glory to God. Number seven, don't let your religious traditions rob you of the more. Don't let your religious traditions rob you of the more. Esteem the promises of God over religious positions. And that's what you find out there. You know, making fun of people, you know, trying to expose them, running ministers down and ministries down, all that stuff, trying to get inside your brain to tell you that God isn't what he says he is. I respect the Jewish people, particularly Orthodox Jewish people, who somehow shut their ears to all the Western nonsense and just simply believe God. I hate to tell you this, Christians, but we're thousands of years behind our Jewish brothers. Amen. You want to know why? Religious teaching and traditions. Wherever you go in Scripture, you find the God of the more operating in people's lives. In spiritual blessings, in natural blessings, in breakthroughs, in all kinds of things that you have us do. I'm telling you, that these things are out there and they will stop you. It could be as simple as trying to catch a picture of a preacher's house or an airplane that God blessed them with for their worldwide ministry and try to get into your heart and say, well, bless God, they don't need that. Well, you know what? You don't need half of what you have. How deep is this stuff? No, honestly, you don't really need a car. You could walk. Can you survive in a tent in Kentucky most of the time? Uh Uh-huh, you sure can. 
Do you really need a Walmart? God knows that's not true. We don't. Amen. <laughs> Do you? No, there's plenty of food in the field. And you can grow it. You don't need it. See, we ascribe to people that we see as being blessed of God. Well, they don't need that. Who are you? And more than that, where were you when they were sowing their seed? Where were you when they were thinking and talking and acting correctly? Who are you to judge another man's servant? Be careful, because when you start saying like, they don't need that. That's not the point. <laughs> there are a lot of things in America we don't need. We don't need padded seats. <laughs> well, that was great. You won't think best, God. I need one. It's, it's so subtle. I said it's so subtle. Oh, the picture of that house and the picture of that car, whatever. And the funny thing is, the world never does that to its own. An entertainer comes flying in on a 747 they had converted, bought it from some sheik over there in the Middle East, lives, you know, at a $100 million house, and not one time does Inside Edition say, they don't need that. Now, as long as you're earning it the world's way and compromising and rolling over people and sinning, the world won't criticize you for being blessed. And if you're not careful, this stuff will worm itself into your thinking. It'll shut down your right thinking and your right talking. That's why this has to be the basis of what you think and what you write. Amen. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he adds no sorrow to it. You have a choice. Believe inside addition or believe the word of God. And I can't make you do anything. But I can get my cattle prod out. <laughs> if somebody has one, bring one to me. I'd love to have one. Just put it right up there just to remind you. We'll just, we'll just bolt it to the front of the pulpit. <laughs> and then we'll take volunteers. <laughs> it is so prevalent out there that you have to guard your mind, guard your heart. And when you see God doing something in somebody else's life, don't get insecure and jealous. That's right. Just say, well, sister, brother, so-and-so is having a breakthrough. That must mean, amen, breakthrough is coming for me too. He's no respecter of persons. God of the more. You can't have the benefit of the God of the more when you're criticizing when the God of the more is moving somebody else's life. Whatever you criticize, you can't have. Amen. Glory to God. Do not pay attention to your religious traditions. Well, Pastor Art, I stopped doing that a long time ago. I've been here for months. And you've knocked every religious tradition I've got. I don't have any left. <laughs> doing my best. <laughs> Raise your hand if you've had to unlearn something since you've been in a word church. We all have, un but see, that's the key. We have been baptized in unbelief juice. We've all been exposed to that, and very few of us can say we've been raised in the uncompromised Word of God. We've all had measures of truth. Isn't this the way it is? And he's telling us now, don't stop now. I said, don't stop now. He's the God of the more. Said, he's the God of the more. Say, he's the God of the more. He's my God. Amen. Glory to God. Let's give him a big shout and a praise offering today. Thank you, Lord.